Are you sick and tired of feeling sick and tired? Join Adol Kozilski and Fagy Stern as they explore ways to reverse chronic illness and achieve vibrant health. Your health is your only wealth and together we can be better. Hashtag Healthy You, Wealthy You. Indeed, we can be better and I'm feeling wonderful. Good morning, Fagy. How are you doing? Good morning, Adol. Very well, thank you. Good, good, good. Um, we are on the Healthy You, Wealthy You today to discuss food, as we always like doing, even on our WhatsApp group, which, by the way, if you would like to join, just send an email to info at highfm.com with your name and your cell number, and we will gladly join you onto our WhatsApp group. We focus a lot about what we take into our bodies because, you know, junk in, junk out. And obviously the, 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 the more positive side is you put in good stuff, then you will achieve vibrant health. And today on the show, we are going to have none other than the famous Dr. Kassel. And we are going to explore food and look at food even from the, the idea of keeping kosher. We know as Jewish people, we have a lot of laws around what we put into our mouths, the separation of meat and milk, um, the eating only of various um, meat products, of various animals, um, et cetera, et cetera. And I believe it's going to be a fascinating discussion. So if you'd like to join this discussion, you can SMS on 34519 or our telegram number 061-895-1019. Hi, FM. Your station of choice since 2008. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adel Kosilski and Fagy Stern. Welcome, and we are discussing food today, particularly in the realm of kashrut, and it gives me great pleasure. Dr. Kassel, welcome again to the show. Thank you very much. We look forward to hear what you you have to say about food, particularly in the realm of of kashrut. So I'm handing over the mic so you can give us an introduction. I'm going to talk about the laws of kashrut and how medical science is rapidly validating these laws. To start with, Hashem alone knows the secrets of life. And we can do no better than rely on Hashem's promise that our very well-being, our very life itself, depends on the scrupulous observance of His laws of kashrut. Kosher means purity, cleanliness, sterility, avoiding infection and diseased food, killing or shechting with compassion and with hygiene, and also avoiding eating worms and insects. Also the removal of blood and cushioning with salt are both spiritual rules and hygiene rules. But today I'm going to deal in this presentation with three specific points. The type of food we can safely eat, the combinations of food we can and cannot eat, and the manner in which we should eat. This is all explained by the medical term metabolism. And I I will take a couple of minutes to explain to you, from a layman's point of view, what is meant by metabolism. The body physically 
is made up of trillions of cells which form the structure of every organ in our body and it is the successful functioning of these cells that is the secret of life itself. Compare the body cell as you would compare a car engine. The car engine takes in fuel which is then ignited, combusts and gives off energy to enable the engine to operate. The body cell is no different. It takes in fuel of three types, namely carbohydrates, fats and proteins. And it is a successful combination of all these three types of fuel that provides the cell with energy and the ability to stay alive. Interference with this cycle in any way can lead to serious malfunctions in the body and even death of the cell. It took a man named Krebs in 1951, 70 years ago, to describe his Krebs cycle and how the successful combustion of carbohydrates, fats and proteins provides the cell with energy and lets it live. And as I've said, if this combustion is in any way interfered with or impaired or unsuccessful, it would lead to serious malfunction, even death of the cell. Sadly, with all our brilliant scientists in the world, they understood how the car engine worked long before they understood how the body's engine worked. Again, using the analogy of the motor car engine, you do not go to your petrol station and fill your car with a little 95-octane, a little 93-octane, some diesel, and even mix in a little oil with the petrol, hoping that your engine will perform adequately. It won't. Likewise with your body, the foods have to be of the right comp composition, taken in the correct sequence, be of the correct nature, so that the enzymes can successfully break down the carbohydrates, fats and proteins and let them enter the Krebs cycle and provide the cell with life. This forms a scientific basis to validate the laws of Kashrut, which Hashem presented us with at Mount Sinai exactly 3,338 years ago. Thousands of years before Krebs made the same amazing discovery in the Krebs cycle which won him the Nobel Prize in Medicine. Let me explain. Fat is burnt in the flame of carbohydrate. If the fat is a harmful fat or cholesterol, it cannot combine with carbohydrates and does not enter the Krebs cycle. That will lead to carbohydrates accumulating and we will then call the condition diabetes. The non-metabolized fat will then go off on an abnormal pathway, depositing the arteries as atheroma and clot, and this is a lengthy process, can take years to develop. Some even say it starts developing from birth onwards, and in both these instances, the cell will stay alive, but function inadequately, just like a car with one or two spark plugs removed. But then we come to the most serious defect of all, the failure of proteins to break down and enter the Krebs cycle. The cell will then die. It cannot survive. 
The body being what it is, it will make fresh cells. And when enough cells have been formed, enough cell died, we see the disease as a tumor, cancer. Subsequently, I'll outline to you how what we eat non-kosher can also be a big factor in destroying the protein-splitting enzymes in the cell. But please let me interrupt at this point and tell you that not everybody who eats prawns is going to get cancer. There are other genetic factors. There are inheritance factors. There are precipitating factors that can all be a factor. So now we know how the body cell functions and stays alive. And And I'm going to, sorry, doctor, if I can be rude here to interrupt, we're going to need to go for a little bit of a break. And I already have one or two questions. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. Well, welcome back, and we're on the Healthy You, Wealthy You show. We're discussing food, and particularly kosher food. And Dr. Kassel, just before the break, you spoke about the Krebs cycle. Can you just explain a little bit what does that what does that cycle say, or what does it do, or what is the framework of this Krebs cycle? The Krebs cycle is a cycle that was described where in the cell of the body, the cell takes in carbohydrates, fats, and protein. It doesn't take in a chunk of sugar. It doesn't take in a blob of fat, and it doesn't take in a blob of meat. Those those substances are broken down by the body from the intestine downwards until it gets to the cell by millions and millions of enzyme systems. That's the scientific basis of the Krebs cycle. But it has to be broken down into an assimilable form of nourishment so that they can enter the Krebs cycle as nutrients. So sugar will be broken down by millions of processes. And it's one of the processes, of course, insulin. That's one of the enzymes that are necessary to break down sugar. Fats will be broken down, but some of them will or won't be broken down depending on the constituents of the fats, depending on whether they're saturated or unsaturated or cholesterol. Proteins will be broken down depending on the enzymes, and these enzymes are subject to many outside influences. It's not only uh, the uh, the enzymes that we're going to discuss under kashrut, but it's other other enzymes that can be interfered with by radiation, by lifestyle of eating. For instance, 70% of cancers of the stomach come in the Asian population that eat a lot of curry. So therefore, the enzymes the, the enzymes in the protein splitting the protein splitting enzymes in the cells are affected by astringents, by strong foods. Likewise with smoking, nicotine affects the enzymes in the, uh, in the, in the protein-splitting cells in the lung and can be a factor in cancer of the lung. It's a very complicated scientific process. I'm only trying to sim- simplify it for you and just use the simple word Krebs cycle. But the Krebs cycle is your body engine. It's how your cell stays alive. It was designed by Hashem with millions and millions of enzymes. How, we don't know how he did it, but he did it. 
So obviously in this, in this situation, then the genetics play a huge role with our environment and what we take in. Yes, most definitely. Jews are the best people to study genetics in because Jews intermarry. They don't intermarry. They marry along the same bloodline. Ashkenazi Jews marry along, uh, marry Ashkenazi Jews. Sephardim marry, usually marry Sephardim. And it's the same analogy as, as the animal. If you mate two <coughs> highly bred dogs and you then take two dogs that are two mongrels, the far better offspring you will get will be with your mongrel dogs. Your susceptible offspring are the ones that are highly pedigreed. And likewise with us, the Center for the Study of Genetic Abnormalities in Ashkelon in Israel, the Jews have created an experiment for themselves where we can study genetic defects because if you go far back along the line, you will find that most of us derive from the same bloodline. We all do. Right, interestingly. So there is obviously a complicated um, makeover between what your genetic makeup is, what your weaknesses and your strengths are, and then in the whole field of what is known today as epigenetics, what the yes. environment is feeding, and that switches processes on and off. It's not only environment that can affect the protein-splitting enzymes. Environment, the classic example was the American experiment when they exploded an atomic bomb over Hiroshima and Nagasaki, and 95% of those people that survived within a six-mile radius of the bomb ended up with cancer of lymphomas and cancer of the blood system because the radiation affected the protein-splitting enzymes in their blood cells. So that was a classical example of how right. environment can affect you. Yeah. But then also yeah. kosher would be specifically, in a way, for Jews because we don't intermarry. Yes, because already the genetic, the genetic tendency exists for this to happen. Genetically, you may be depleted of enzymes or you may not have perfect enzymes due to genetic factors, antibody factors destroying your enzymes. So you may be more susceptible. Then you need a trigger factor. And the trigger factor is what we are starting to mention. And all of a sudden, the jigsaw puzzle is coming together. The trigger factors in cancer, we all know, are, uh, are radiation. The trigger factors might be diet. The trigger factors is certainly the non-observance of kashrut. But it's not the sole factor. It's the genetic susceptibility. So let's, let's zero in on kashrut. I find it fascinating. Many, many years ago um, in my youth, um, I studied biochemistry and genetics at university, and I remember one time going as part of one of my biochemistry courses to a place, and the woman um, <clears throat> who was teaching us there uh, happened to start up a conversation with me and said to me, are you Jewish? And I said, yes. And she said, do you keep the laws of kosher? I said, yes, and even that this now I'm talking 30 years ago, I'm giving away my age. Um, she said to me, do you know that they have studied that different enzymes are triggered when you eat meat and you eat milk, and it's not a good thing to eat meat and milk together because the different enzymes needed for meat 
um, are of a different nature to milk, and effectively you cancel them out, meaning you 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 bring down the efficacy of the of the enzymes, and therefore your 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 meal isn't digested properly. And I I remember then just thinking, wow, okay, as you said, Hashem created you know uh, the laws of kashrut so many many years ago, and you know now science is waking up. Maybe you can elucidate on this. Yes, well, it's coming in the next part of the program now. <laughs> all right. Hashem is the greatest biochemist of them all. You'll hear in a minute. <clears throat> Let us take the four different types of food we eat, because presumably we can eat nothing else except what I'm going to mention now. The first category is vegetables and the plant world. They are all kosher, provided that they have been carefully checked for worms or insects. But now we come to meat, meat. The animals that chew the cud and have cloven hooves are considered kosher animals. Generally, these are herbivorous animals and not carnivorous animals, such as cattle, sheep, and goats, which chew the cud, digest and redigest their food as many as three, four, or five times. Not so the camel, which chews the cud but does not have cloven hooves, and the pig, which has a cloven hoof but does not choose the cud. Now, these animals, as Adel mentioned, have unstable fats, fats that cannot easily be metabolized and which cannot be metabolized properly and therefore cannot enter the Krebs cycle, and therefore they are very harmful to eat. Number three category, clean fish. Why do we eat only fish with a fin and scales and not eat shellfish such as crabs, prawns, lobsters, calamari? These are all crustaceans which nourish themselves in contaminated water, often sewerage. And lo and behold, the amazing discovery a decade ago that the viruses which knocked out the protein-spitting cells in the elementary cells are found in these crustaceans, and this can lead in as a trigger mechanism to cancer of the alimentary tract, particularly cancer of the stomach. Now, I'm not saying over here that everybody that eats prawns gets cancer of the stomach, nor am I saying that a person that gets cancer of the stomach necessarily eats shellfish. I'm saying that shellfish are one of the trigger factors when you're genetically susceptible. Number four, clean birds. That's the fourth category. There are 24 different species of birds that are not kosher, and all of them except for chicken, duck, turkey, guinea fowl, and pigeon are not considered clean for kosher eating. Why? A market in Wuhan province in China brought the chilling fact home to us that, of all things, the bat is the source of COVID-19. But it cannot enter the body via the bat. It has to have a host, which is also sold in the market, namely marsupials, wombats, rats, mice, and the related. The rest we know, and the rest is history. And now avian bird flu has also arisen in Russia with a similar mechanism. When I first qualified as a doctor 60 years ago, I came across a book entitled Man Alive, You're Half Dead. It was hailed as a groundbreaking discovery 
that what we eat and how we eat it and how we combine it, the various foods, can be a determining factor in healthy or unhealthy living. And this book concluded that the three biggest killers of mankind, diabetes, thrombosis in the heart or brain or anywhere else, cancer, were all predominantly diet-related. Slowly being proven to be, it is slowly being proven to be caused by what we eat and how we eat it that determines this. This book, I think, is out of print because a few people that I've recommended it to have not been able to get hold of it. The one book that is not yet out of print and never will be out of print is our sacred Torah, where Hashem clearly outlined to us all the essential principles of healthy living, which are today proven to be correct. Some of us, to our peril, have failed to absorb Hashem's blessings. I'll leave the rest to you to open. There's probably lots of questions. But just before we go to that, I want to express my grateful thanks to Rabbi David Shaw, who provided me with a text entitled Horeb, H-O-R-E-B, a philosophy of Jewish laws and observances by Samson Raphael Hirsch, a book which I can highly recommend and without which I couldn't really have written the religious aspects of this program. So thank you, Rabbi Shaw. Well, that's okay. Let's let's. One of the things that that I've kind of like seen as a theme, and it, it must be said from a religious aspect, kashrut is a chok. It is a law that we don't understand. We do because God told us to keep it, not because you know our rational brains understand it. But having put that basis down, it seems that one of the things that um, runs uh, um, in the theme of eating kosher, particularly is that we are eating down the food chain on, on, uh, on nourishment, so to speak, that does not nourish itself from, from, from others. Like, for example, let's take animals. The animals we are eating are not those that are animals. The animals are eating the, the plant kingdom. Um, and and there's, there's a tremendous amount that, that has been said and that has, you know, has been spoken about in the fact that from a healthy perspective, it's not only about getting the right nutrients in, but that food affects your mood, it affects your emotion, it affects your character traits. So when one sits and eats an animal that's uh, carnivorous and, and preys on other animals, that too, you become what you eat. Have you got a comment on that? You're absolutely correct. You know, it's, it's mainly, Kashrut tells us to eat the herbivorous animals the animals that eat mainly plants and vegetables and don't eat other animals. We, ne we never do that. And also there are certain animals that move away from the cycle, such as the pig, which can eat just about anything that you throw at it. It eats any sort of rubbish. But the properly kosher, kosher animal is predominantly herbivorous animal, not a carnivorous animal. And that is one of the basic principles of kashrut as far as meat is concerned. Right, right. So then let, let's talk about these enzymes. Like, has a has, has scientific uh, community found that eating meat and milk messes up with your digestion? Yes, because in the same way as I gave the analogy of the car engine, 
there are certain enzymes that can act uh, operatively successfully when they have the other enzymes also acting in the same way. And when you mix up meat and milk, it's like causing an explosion in, in, the, in the cell. The, the enzymes don't coincide with each other, and the fats go off on an abnormal pathway. And this is why when you go to your cardiologist, he measures your saturated fats, your unsaturated fats, your lipids, your cholesterol, because fat is not just fat, it's different types of fat. Certain fats can be broken down successfully by enzymes. Other fats cannot be broken down adequately and therefore cannot enter the Krebs cycle, the sugars combined with the carbohydrates in rhythm. It's got to be a rhythm in the same way as you don't mix up with different types of petrol. Your engine won't stay tuned. It won't operate effectively in the same way your body won't operate effectively if it is challenged with different types of, of fats that it cannot, uh, cannot break down effectively. So then how would it work when people have those genetic, let's say, I don't want to call it disorders or issues where they cannot break down the fats or can't break down the carbohydrates? It's got nothing obviously to well, do with kosher or not kosher. Let's go to the genetic factor with cancer. Studies have been done where they've shown that if you lived long enough on this earth, let's say a person over the age of 90, and that person died, and they did autopsies on those people that died of accidental causes, not medical causes, accidents, that sort of thing. They showed that in those people that died, in this body cells, wherever they looked, the pancreas, the liver, the lung, the spleen, the brain, the gastrointestinal tract, they showed that there were millions and millions of little cancerous tumors. In other words, the protein-splitting cells had become used up by age. And the, the Lancet Journal, which is a very famous British medical journal, published the, uh, the, the article which said, if you stay long, uh, alive long enough, your whole body will turn malignant. And wow. that's a frightening thought. Wow. But here again, genetic factors influence it. Why does the person of 60 years of age suddenly develop cancer of the pancreas? He has a genetic predisposition to cancer of the pancreas. In other words, genetically, his protein-splitting enzymes in the, cancer, in the pancreas are lower than the protein-splitting enzymes in all of us that stay alive. And there are also factors, as we have mentioned, that can affect these protein-splitting enzymes. So that is the explanation. Israel has now instituted, and Israel is, is leading the world in cancer therapy. They've now instituted what they call antibody therapy uh, <clears throat> for the treatment of cancer. I'm sorry I'm deviating. You must stop me if I'm deviating too much, if you're not interested. But cancer is treated by <clears throat> excising the tumor, burning the tumor with radiation, and poisoning it with cytotoxic drugs. What is Israel doing now? They're using antibody therapy. They're taking off the blood 
from cancer patients, concentrating their antibodies and re-injecting these concentrated antibodies so that the antibodies act like a vaccine and destroy the tumor. That is the modern treatment of cancer in Israel. And they're treating all of a sudden, they're injecting the antibodies into the body, into the body of a cancer patient with stage three cancer of the breast. And all of a sudden the antibodies cause all the tumors and the metastases and everything to disappear. And this will be the future treatment of cancer. That's a fascinating uh, uh, idea, and we're going to go for a little bit of a break and come back. If you'd like to join the discussion, 34519 is the SMS line 061-895-1019, our telegram number. IFM 101.9 megahertz of life. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kozilski and Fagy Stern. Indeed, and sitting together with us is Dr. Kassel. We are discussing food. Dr. Kassel, if I had to ask you, because obviously from our conversation we're seeing that we need to eat clean, we need to eat healthy, what what would you uh, prescribe as, as, a, as a diet for a day? So I, I come to you and I say to you, okay, tell me what, what should I eat to make sure that my prep cycle functions well today? What, what would you suggest? May I add also just to that question, sorry, Adel, is I was actually going to ask similar, is obviously we were discussing genetics. Should we also be doing a genetic test to understand what type of food we should be eating as a person? Okay, so you've got two questions there. To answer your second question first, today they can do blood tests to determine whether you're genetically predisposed to developing certain conditions all of them, in fact, that there's a genetic underlying predisposition. In other words, you can preempt it before it actually occurs. So that's the answer to the, first, to the second question. You can do blood tests to determine whether you're susceptible and therefore be particularly careful in what you do. The answer to your first question as to what diet that you should have, again, using the analogy of the car engine, don't load your engine with excesses of anything. The first excess that you tend to load the engine with is sugar, carbohydrate. And you eventually run into a situation where you use up all your available insulin and your sugar just overflows. It overflows into the bloodstream, it overflows into everywhere and you actually cause your diabetes. The incidence of diabetes in the Jewish population is about a one in four incidence, either overt or covert diabetes. And this is a frightening statistic, and it comes from excessive eating, which we all probably indulge in. So that's the first thing you've got to be careful of. Don't eat excessively. Eat small meals and eat measured meals. Secondly, with fats. Even from the biblical days, fats were considered not a healthy food to eat, and particularly the saturated fats, the fats that cannot be broken down properly, the fats that are found in meat, they are very, very unhealthy. And there's even work today that shows that cancer of the colon 
which is a disease in Jews. One in every four Jews carry carry the predisposition to it. Comes from excessive intake of fat. So avoid the animal fats as much as you can. Have healthy lean meat, but don't have meat saturated with fat. So the vegetarian is probably best off eating herbivorous foods, uh, eating veggie foods and not eating excessive amounts of sugar, avoiding the excessive intake of fat, and above all, avoiding the combinations that we have considered so harmful, milk and meat, where the enzymes just don't coincide with each other and they can't be broken down simultaneously into the Krebs cycle. That that must definitely be avoided, and that's one of the principles of kashrut. Um, <clears throat> as far as proteins are concerned, have the healthy vegetable proteins and try to avoid the excessive animal protein in your diet. And, you know, a good dietitian can arrange all this for you, but that's the way you should eat. According, In fact, Hashem gave us the menu 3,338 years ago at Mount Sinai. He actually prescribed the menu of how we should eat and what we should not eat. I hope that answers your question. Absolutely, and I think the, the, the Rambam Maimonides also set out very clearly exactly some of the principles, principles you're speaking about now that one should have small meals, you know, that one should only eat till they're three quarters full, you know, that, you know, that, that, that one should also ensure, I think, in the whole digestion that you, that, that your, your, your waste system is working properly. You know, lots of people think it's, it's normal that you don't go to the bathroom for a week on end. Um, and, you know, and people do not realize that a lot of toxicity builds up because of it. And now once, once you do start eating clean and start eating healthy, it's actually quite amazing. It's, 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 it's amazed me and I've certainly seen it with other people too, that your body is able to heal itself of all, you know, all the illnesses that we walk around with. Absolutely. You're absolutely correct. And remember, what's very fascinating is how the two are approximating each other. What Hashem told us 3,338 years ago and what medical science is now validating is getting closer and closer and closer. Mm. And it's, it's quite amazing that these things could have been known at that stage and not known to anybody else really except to Hashem. Absolutely, absolutely. Quite a fascinating discussion. If you'd like to join at 34519-081-061-895-1019 is our telegram number. What also I found interesting listening to you, Doctor, is that, you know, when when you, you can end up having quite a hairy discussion about what does Torah expect of us, are we to be vegetarian, are we supposed to be carnivorous, etc., etc., and I don't want to get into all the halakhic implications, but certainly it seems from what I understand that, you know, meat and wine, those, those, um, foods that are far more, uh, dense and uh, harder to digest are kept for special occasions like Shabbat. On Shabbat, we're supposed to have basar, vadagim, meat and fish, etc., etc. And, um, you know, during the week to eat, eat much more simpler, easier to digest foods. 
Absolutely, and on the subject of meat and wine, and actually mm. stronger alcoholic drinks, there, there, there's nothing really <clears throat> that validates the intake of excessive amounts of alcohol. People that take in excessive amounts of alcohol, it's been shown that the alcohol acts as a severe irritant to the protein-splitting cells, the enzyme-splitting cells in the proteins of the cells of the alimentary tract. So sure, eat one, uh, drink one as a kosher, kosher wine called brochas over Shabbos, but don't imbibe it every day. And don't mm-hmm. have a bottle of uh, whiskey on Shabbos either. Do, do, do it in a measured fashion, because right. these things can all be very, very harmful. It's the same to go back to the analogy of the motor car. You don't go to the garage, tell him to switch on the petrol pump, and overfill your engine so that the petrol is running all over the, the base of the motor car. In the same way with your body, your body is an engine. It must be tuned and, 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 and fed in a correct way, in the same way as the car is tuned and fed in a correct way. I love that analogy. We're going for a little bit of a break, and we're going to be wrapping up as soon as we get back. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008. This is the Healthy You, Wealthy You show with Adol Kosilski and Fagy Stern. We just have a couple of minutes left with Dr. Kassel. And I think one of the comments, Dr. Kassel, that perhaps, you know, more than ever now, because of this COVID corona um, epidemic, we've actually got to see that what we eat really does affect us and that Perhaps on, on, to, to a large extent, not completely, because we don't understand everything about corona. We can see that our eating has affected our immunity and, you know, kind of like I feel medicine is going back to basics. Your comment? Medicine is certainly going back to basics mm. and teaching us to eat what they ate in the olden days. They didn't have all these exotic foods. There was no, uh, there was no exotic food. In biblical times, they ate basic healthy food. And that is what, what is important from the point of view of genetics, from the point of view of the immune system, and also from the point of view of, of, of preserving ourselves. You don't take a new car and take it onto a car a track at Kailami and run it at revs of Hashem knows how high. Uh, you'll burn out the car engine. And this is what happens to our car engines. It happens to our cellular engines. If we look after our cellular engines properly, as the Krebs cycle is now advocated and Hashem advocated long a long time ago, that engine will survive and it will survive with maximum efficiency if we don't look after that engine properly. And as you have said so, so wisely, Adel, it's not only... It's several factors. It's genetic factors that may impact those engines. It's environmental factors that may impact on those engines. But to come down to basics again, it's the food factor. To give you one small example, when I started medicine in 1954, <coughs> uh, when I when I qualified, uh, mm. when I started, sorry. The incidence of coronary thrombosis at Barrett Warrath Hospital, they have reported 
the first case of coronary thrombosis in an African gentleman at Baragwanath. Come 2020, 2021, the incidence of coronary thrombosis amongst Africans is about a one in five incidence. What has happened to change it? Their diet. When they ate mealy meal and mealy pop and didn't eat other, other things and ate herbs and plants, they were very, very healthy. And I'm not being disparaging with this. It's the Western diets that have destroyed our systems. Absolutely. I think the beauty in that is, Dr. Castle, like we were saying in the show, and we say many, many times in many other shows, is that even if the engine of the car is damaged, it can be fixed in many ways. And, you know, obviously our environment, et cetera, has, plays a huge role, but we really can take food and use it as medicine, as we say often, Adel. Um, yes. You know, we, we can repair those cells. We can re- fix the autoimmune diseases and we can help the cancers, you know, with the food. So, you know, I feel like you've just kind of made that a, like a very strong point in your show, Dr. Castle. Thank you. Um, in proving that we can, we can help ourselves a lot. We can Indeed. help ourselves a lot and there's no need to have guilt reactions. We've all done incorrect things in our lives, including eating incorrectly. But there are ways of, of modifying it and correcting it. And even at this stage, whatever we have wrong with ourselves, if we start following the basic principles of kashrut, we will start to get our engine right. And on that note, we have to unfortunately um, finish up. And I think that that's very, very powerful. The most important, powerful message that wherever you are in life, whatever stage you are in life, it's not too late to turn around and start giving your body what it needs in order to heal itself. Dr. Castle, thank you always for your very sage and very well-grounded advice. We love having you on the show. We hope that you have all enjoyed this conversation. If you would like to join our WhatsApp group again, you can send an SMS to info at, no, sorry, an email to info at highfm.com and we'll gladly put you onto the WhatsApp group where Faye and I just drop every day a little bit of encouragement in how to turn your lives around. So again, thank you, Dr. Kassel. Faye, it was great being with you and please you God, too. We thank will you so much. Back. We will be back this time next week. Thank you. Hi FM, your station of choice since 2008.